Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, Monday night, 8pm, episode 113. Not out as we are here for the live lounge. Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, and Lee Boyce. Gentlemen, good evening. Yo, what's up? Are we not having the end of the intro? He's... No, I've, I've noticed this the last couple of weeks. Where we've redesigned the video, the song's actually shorter, and I think we're missing the best bit now, Phil. <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you did okay it before we no, made it. We did, and now you're going to have to find another 20 seconds of the intro because we want the rest of the song. <laughs> we're denying us, we're denying the fans. Well, I'm Chat glad. Chatroom, tell him. Chatroom, tell him. That, that, yeah. This missing a good bit of the song, isn't it? I was reading something and normally I'm dancing in the background, so I'm so glad I wasn't this week because normally I know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been funny if we'd have come live and you lot had all been dancing around. <laughs> I mean, I was looking elsewhere as well. It just cut. I was like, hang on. <laughs> um, not the well, way that unprofessional that we aren't constantly paying attention to what's going on on screen. No, definitely not. We just, God, we just know our timings very well. That's all it is, isn't it, mate? We're seasoned professional. We're seasoned veterans of this. Uh, welcome, chat room one and all. Let's see who is in before we get going. Uh, Tommy is in. How we doing? Uh, Kieran, Tommy too is in. Uh, Daniel, how we doing? Matty, James, uh, who have we got? Uh, Pina Zim is in. Matthew is in. Craig, how we doing? Uh, Frey, Max, of course, Big Johnny is in. In um, Bill, it's going to be epic. Yep, as always. Uh, Craig is there. Well, you didn't just put a go leaves go up on the screen, did you? What's that? Go leaves, maple leaves, mate. You got to pay attention. I don't do American sport, I know you don't, but I'll have none of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Phil, just as he's done his tap on backwards, that's all it is. I was going to say, Backstreet's back all right tonight, isn't it? He's given it the <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Look, never a dull moment in the darting world. We have plenty coming up, plenty of talking points. We are going to be joined by friends of the show, uh, Peter Satira and Anthony Eugenie of the CDC. 
to talk about cross-border and everything that is coming up across the pond. Um, it's been a busy, busy weekend, Darts Boys. Premier League, Euro Tour, cross-border. We've, um, we've had it all. Are we yeah. still playing the Premier League? <laughs> I'm only joking. Only joking. And, and Newcastle did their very best darts player impression. <laughs> they stopped right, when man. they got to six as well. On <laughs> <laughs> that point, at least we weren't whitewashed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Um, yes, Wayne. Yes. I'll have a bit of that. We'll have a bit of Go Bruins on fire. To, to be fair, unlike you two, pair of um saucy ones at times, it's a, it's a dart show. I can handle my team being shit and losing. I can talk about it. I don't mind. It's a dart show. Five, five minutes has got to be a new record for <laughs> Five minutes. You can see the topple in five minutes, Jack. <laughs> I think it was three, wasn't it? <laughs> No, I'm sticking to my principles. It's a dark show, gentlemen. <laughs> you might, but that's never stopped me. <laughs> um, but uh, look, loads going on. Um, the Premier League, uh, the guys from the CDC are going to be on around about 8.15, which is 2.15 their time. I think we were working out the, the, the timings earlier and all that. Uh, look, well, if you've got it wrong, they're going to be late. Yeah. <laughs> If they've got it wrong, I'm not being on at 2.15 in the morning, by the way. You're not around. <laughs> uh, I know we have Fergie time, but bloody hell. <laughs> that would be quite funny. Um, how are we doing? David from New Zealand. How are we all doing? And uh, the fun boy three. <laughs> um, right. Let's rewind. Let's go back to the Ahoy in Rotterdam. Uh, chat room, as well as you two, first impressions of Rotterdam Premier League night. And I'm going to say an unpopular opinion here. Rotterdam's overrated. It's not unpopular because I was going to say the same thing and Cam said the same thing on Thursday. Really? Yeah. And I don't think the crowd were that great. They were okay yeah. until Michael lost. Yeah. And then it was absolutely flat. And don't even get me started on the fact they get special treatment. What, what was that? What, what, what treatment did they get? Football shirts. <laughs> you know it? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. literally a staple on any matchroom event anywhere on the ticket. And Frampton, <laughs> like, oh, let's make it orange, which means everybody has to wear their football shirt. No. Can you imagine if they can you imagine if they'd have put flags up there as well, boy, see what he'd be saying. Two negatives, mate. Positive Phil, we all know this. So <laughs> he, he, he might enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um look, don't get me wrong, up until Michael lost, the atmosphere was decent. But overall, it's not there for me. I, I do get that. I understand it because it's got the reputation of being such a great venue. But when you compare it to other Premier League venues, it's not as bad as what we're saying. It's because it's been set in such a high. Yeah, you, I agree. If you, look, if you look at other, compare that in just... Worst. I, I agree with yeah, you, but yeah. it's not in my top three like a lot of people make it. Uh, yeah, I'm probably there. I'm, yeah, I'm probably agreeing that in that sense that it's not one of them, but 
it's not one that I'm calling to say that it either needs to change how it works there or it needs to move somewhere else because there is other venues that are a lot worse and predominantly most of them are near me. <laughs> the ones that are weakest <laughs> are in the Midlands, whether it be West or East Midlands, they're, yeah, they're yeah. two that sort of go into that category of not performing on Premier League nights. Um, but they're always going to have that when there's just Michael in there. Um, potentially next year it'll be different because there won't just be one Dutch star in there. There may be two. Um, depend on format, maybe even be three, but um, that could then have a change on the dynamics of it because we've seen it in you know, Scotland with certain players and they're in Holland. So there's no real surprise that when Mike, the biggest surprise was Michael losing, I'm guessing in current form, but no real surprise that when he did lose that the, the atmosphere was going to drop just how significant it dropped, I guess, is the problem. Yeah, it was, yeah, just it just, just wasn't wasn't there for me. And like I say, it wouldn't be it's bordering not being in the top five. Um it's a bit like old Trafford. Five, ten years ago it was an absolute must go to, and now you're like, mm, leave it alone. <laughs> you worry about visiting your own place before you can mount about down someone else's. It wasn't falling down before I get there. <laughs> um but yeah, the um, the actual night itself was an interesting one. Um it didn't go how many people thought it would go. And I see Gezi getting a bit of stick on social for his um comments about the conditions there. He wasn't every single player moaned about the conditions. It's just that Gezi was the only one to publicly come out and say it. They all moaned. But, 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 and the key massive point here is there were three ton plus averages on the night and Gezi had two of them. So whilst every player was moaning about the conditions, when you've been capable of producing 102 and 100 in your first two games, the conditions aren't the reason you dropped off to an 88 in the final. To, uh, to a point, yes, and a point, no. Because of the way the condition, because of what was causing the problem with the conditions, at spells, it was all right. And that was speaking to the two referees that were up there. When they got the relevant doors shut, it was all right. However, fans going out for a fresh air break out of the fire doors was causing the issue. Still not buying it. Yeah, I'm not as well. Um, so <coughs> I think I think I think it definitely had a a bearing on the whole night. Not not any individual games. It had a bearing on. The whole night. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I, but I just don't understand the the price complaints about that being against the level of performance when you first yeah, two have He was moaning about it in game one when he averaged one hundred and two. But moaned about it, but still performed. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get as, that. As a professional, as a professional in any other sport, if you're playing in. I don't know any other any other sport where conditions can have an impact, and yes, they're still tanning darts, and I know they shouldn't as much with being in the sport, but the tan still have an impact as a professional. You've just got to get on with them. It's the same for both players in this scenario, and Nathan still performed to a level that he I don't agree with him. that because darts react different in the air depending on weight, size, length. If they were all throwing thirty-two gram bombs. Then I'd say yes, 
but because every dart is different, I don't think it is the same for every player. Like, if there's a great big breeze, Stephen Bunting's darts are going to react hugely different to Ryan Sells. Is there a massive difference between Price's weight and Maspinall's weight? I don't... Uh, I, 20... 25 and 21, I think, off the top of my head. It's fairly significant. Um, but yeah, but, well, no, I'm not saying, but all I'm saying is darts is different because it can act differently. Um, but the actual night itself, um, first up, Johnny Clayton averages a ton to beat Chris Doby 6 4. A decent game to, to kick us off. Um, game two, Michael Smith played okay, started well, but the wheels kind of come off at, at three all. I think it was, boys. Yeah, all it was, and Price showed the levels that he can do. Yeah, um, Dimitri Vandenberg won, let's be frank, an awful game between him and Peter Wright. Yeah, that prediction went really well. <laughs> I, just, I, I worry about both of them at the moment. I genuinely do. There's nothing to worry about. There's four nights left. Everyone's going to win a night. So it leaves Dimmy and Peter to win one each. Nice say that without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the Premier League does a throw at random wins. What I can't see right now is... It wouldn't surprise me if one of them goes on and wins a night because that can happen in the Prem. What I'd be very surprised if we four left is both of them going on and win one. Yeah. Um, and then the shock of the night, again, not a very good game. Michael <coughs> against Nathan Aspinall and look, MVG looked out of sorts, maybe too much pressure on himself, but he definitely never looked once happy up there. Is it a shock? No. It's a surprise. Ish. Any of these eight can beat any of these eight that went in. But I'd still say it's a surprise result. Potentially. But since Van Gogh, I keep going back to it, since he told us he was there and it was safe in week four or whatever, he just hasn't been the same Van Gogh and he's lost a lot of focus, a lot of drive. He's not picking up Euro Tour events or Pro Tours the way that he can and does as well. And he's missing darts at a double again. And it just feels like he doesn't have that switch when he needs to throw it, which in the past, when he's been able to dip in and out like this, he's got that extra gear when he needs it. It's not there on demand right now. And we keep going on about, oh, it's Gezi MVG, Gezi MVG. I'm not convinced that's the narrative right now. I don't think MVG is that second one to be with him there. But there's still a lot, there's still a lot of time for that. To happen, there's still players' championships, there's still Euro tours, there's we still what about a month away from finals night. And I think if yeah. someone would have someone would have said a month ago who's whose name's on this title, not many probably would have said Derwin Price and it was more around MVG. Yes, Price. I, I agree, but I disagree with Gob's point that you say it's not about MVG and Price, right? Take those two out, the other six consistently have been shit. Won't go that far. When you look, I just look back through the averages and whatever, and the performances. They're the only two that have performed 
regularly. Dobie's level has been solid. He's just not got results. I don't think you can call Johnny shit. He started badly. And last week's performance against Gezi was crap. Other than that, he's been decent for the mid part. I don't think he has. Has scrapped. I'd say I'd say he's been decent, but you wouldn't have him as a title contender yeah, right now. Decent, but nowhere near the level. on Sunday, but yeah, yeah. we won't have Johnny as a title contender. But, we're talking Premier League form. There's a big difference yeah. between Premier League form and Euro Tour form. Similar, it's all around. No, I disagree. Van, Ger- Van Gerwen's switching off in the Premier League has caught. He's done nothing outside of the Premier League since. No, I disagree. I think Premier League form is completely different. You disagree. He has done nothing. Since he switched off from oh, week that, four in the Premier League, that, his, his all-around form has dropped. Okay, that I agree with. But the rest have done nothing elsewhere anyway. Johnny right. has. Apart from yesterday. Apart from yesterday. But on the Pro Tour, he's been average at best. Did not make a semi the other week as well. One semi out of ten Pro Tours. For a player of Johnny Clayton's calibre, is that good enough? There's only so many players that can make a semi-final, Phil. Yeah, but I, I don't think... One out of ten, for Johnny's capabilities, you'd expect more from him than one semi-final. you expect more from everybody in the top 32, but they can't all make it. I disagree. I, I genuinely do. I, I still think <laughs> the narrative is Price and MVG. They are, by agree. far, head and shoulders, the best two players in this eight. By a long way as well. They are the top two players. I'm now in the middle. I'm not sure they're head and shoulders above the rest. I think they are the top two. I think the narrative is there for the top I think top right two. now, Gezi is head and shoulders above the rest. I think it's Gezi and then a mixture of everyone else. No, Michael's in that category with Gezi. No, I think it's Gezi. Michael's in with Johnny, Michael, Smith and Asp. And then the others are at the bottom. Dobie's a little bit unlucky in there, I guess. First time in his performances have been good. And then the bottom two are cut away. <laughs> what lack of haircut um, and then moving into the semi-finals uh, Johnny Clayton beaten with an 88 average against Gerwin Price I'm oh, sorry um, but beaten 6-1 by Gerwin Price I literally said apart from that game against Gezi five minutes ago but yeah carry on 6-1 <laughs> 6-1 that's 6-1 what a convenient time to bring that scoreline up Philip <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought you were talking about the Newcastle game as well when Johnny was awful against Gerwin as well. Yeah, yeah, 6-1. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's, who's Johnny got this week? We'll come on to that in a minute. Jesse. Who's Johnny got this week? Jesse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, look, yeah, Jesse did an absolute number on him and then Aspinall beat Dimitri Vandenberg 6-4. And then in the final... Aspinall stunned going price and, and picked up a title. But I suppose Nathan winning boys has thrown up more questions than answers. Would that be fair? Um, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it's difficult... Nathan winning has, has made it difficult for people to grasp just how much trouble Nathan might be in. It's, it's papered over cracks a little, is probably. 
the standard the, the, saying. The, the outcome and the result masks performance, not performance level, because he's still battling through, but the serious issues with his action right now. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll, we'll play the clip because you can hear it in his voice and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So here's the clip from Aspinall's interview on Thursday. Uh, uh, very tough. Um, you know, people don't understand what I've been through. Um, not, not, not just this week, but the last two or three months. Very tough, personally. Um, I went to speak to, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say it, you know, I went to speak to someone like oh, Sean, fantastic. He's done miracles with me. I pulled out of Wigan and uh, spent some quality time with my family. You know, my kid's grown about three inches since the last time I saw her. Uh, went, went Blackpool, you know, Michael went Vegas, Gezi went Tenerife, I went sunny old Blackpool. But it was fantastic. Spent a bit of time with my family. Uh, not through a dart since last Thursday and uh, no, just got refreshed and you know, kind of realised why I'm doing all this for. You know, I'm doing all this for my family and uh, you know, for us to all have a better life and I just turned up this week thinking, you know what, it could be worse, it could be the, you know, could be turn up on a well, I've never been a builder, I was an accountant, but I could turn up on a building site for sixty quid, you know. I am playing in front of ten thousand, eleven thousand people, just go in there and enjoy yourself and relax and uh, that's what I've done and you know, I tried to enjoy myself tonight and I've come out on top and yeah, after the week I've had what a result. Yeah. I'll touch on what you saw in your sky interview as well. You said you didn't know if you wanted to play on the stage again after last week. Was it was it really that bad? I mean, look, we've seen you do many great things on that stage, the highs and the lows, but that's quite something to run through your mind that you didn't know if you want to do it anymore. Yeah, it's been bad. Um, you know, I'm dealing with it. The these clearly been a flaw in my throat. As everyone can see, the world can see there's been an issue in my throat. I'm dealing with it, I'm working with the right people to sort this thing out um, and I've just won a Premier League night beating world number three, world number two and world number seven with a floor in my throat, so imagine how good I'll be when it's all, all bang on. It was, the, it was more the tone of his voice for me that it was, I've got to put a brave front on here. Yeah. yeah. And I think, Which... yeah, that, that last bit, imagine how good I could be. I've just beaten. It's almost trying to positively reinforce the fact that he can play before somebody uses it against him. Because yeah. when you do have something like that, a large part of it is mental. It, it absolutely has to be. It is, it is a mental block. That's what the releases and, and the re grips. A large percentage of that, something in your brain telling you not to let go of that dart at that moment. And one comment, one out of time word from somebody in a practice room could throw you completely. And I think that's why he's been so reluctant to, to say that and, and speak out how he just has, because I hate the word, I hate the, the dart as well, that's close, because the minute somebody says you've got it, that's in your head. And it's incredibly difficult to get out of that habit. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And it was, you, you saw him on stage a couple of times, like last week and this week. Um, when he walked off against MVG, he looked close to tears. Yeah, it's, it's because the struggle of release is 
constant thinking about it and it's no surprise and you can't do your whole through with it but there's no surprise that having a week away from the sport he's come back and then done well by taking his mind off it or tried to let's be honest yes he's had a week away from the sport but it's still been playing on his mind at some point because he's a professional he knows what he's coming to do and he's about to perform in front of thousands of people and however many people watching on tv it's just one of those that it's a shame to see someone who put so much into making sure he was in this eight, which was a very, very difficult eight to be in. And now he's struggling with aspects of his game. But like he said there, and why when the interview sort of come on and I was smiling about it, it was that that arrogance of a darts player was still there right at the end of the well. Yeah, I beat two, three and seven in the world. I've got a floor in my day, wait until I have it. And it's that sort of arrogance that just always makes you smile that, to think that, He's still got to try and put that positive mindset on what's currently happening. Um, and hopefully, um, it will find that sort of game. And we've, we've seen it. Results have shown that. There's no real surprise to see that the Nathan Aspinall has been winning many, many quarterfinals, winning his opening game. But then as the night progressed, he just hasn't able, been able to get off the line. I think that was only his second final, um, which for someone in the position he's in the lead table... Is a huge surprise to see that he's only been in two finals, but it shows that that game is there when he can release and when he can play his own game. But I'm not convinced that last line is arrogance. That last little bit, I think it's similar to what Van Gogh was doing for for 18 months. It was if I don't say this, people know something's changed. I have to say this in public because of the front and the character that I have been. On my way up to this level, if Van Gogh doesn't tell everybody he's the best in the world when he turns up, people know they've got him because he spent the last ten years telling everybody he's the best in the world if he turns up. But we've we've remained in or not is different. It might be a front, yeah, but it's an yeah. it's an arrogant front. Yeah. So we've we've redoes away and he believes that always. In his head, I'm thinking I've got to send a message out to the rest of the players. It is a form of arrogance saying, "Well, I'm not playing well at all of the minute." But I'm still beating you a lot. What happens when I'm not? It's, it may just be a front. That's the thing to look out for in in situations like this. It's when that when that changes from what we're hearing from Nathan Aspinall. If you go back and have a look at Glenn Durrant for the last eighteen months, you will be able to pinpoint <coughs> the exact moment Glenn lost confidence in himself because he stopped being boisterous in his interviews. He stopped telling people he was going to win it. He was, I'm going to see what I can do. And when you see that language change, that was the moment we all became fearful that Glenn Durant's PDC career was over. And nine to ten months later, that's exactly what transpired. And we're going to talk about someone similar in a, in a little bit. We've started it. And there's, a, there's another player very, very close to, to walking away, it seems. And it wouldn't surprise me. He's not as vocal on social media or as outspoken or anything, but... I think if we were to go back and deep dive in the interviews we've actually had with A.D. Lewis in the last year or so, you might be able to spot a change of language in there somewhere as well. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on A.D. obviously later on. You've seen I've started. Right, before we move on, here is the table in four. We have a new leader after a couple of months. Uh, Gathering Price is top of the table on 30 points. MVG on 29. They're done. They're dusted. Two places for the O2 remain. Aspinall, Clayton hold those spots. Smith, a point back. Are the other three done, boys? 
Yeah. Unless Demi wins his weight. It, it, it's not Demi for me, it's Dobie. I, I can't I see that. I know, he's a point, I know he's a point further behind, but I just think performance level, Chris Dobie is far better right now than Dimitri Vandenberg and Peter Wright. That's just not reflecting in the table. It, it's Mensor Sulovic and Kim Hybrex and Yella Classen of six, seven years ago campaigns where they were playing very well. They just weren't getting results. And it's that step up in level for the very, very first time. I, I think, like I said, I don't see Dolby getting that amount. However, if Dimitri win it and be batting that mitt with either Smith or Clayton not picking up um, a win this week, then maybe he can close it. But he's got to win this week. It's a, it's a must win. For Dimmy, the worrying sign is only been in one final. The toss, what, 12 weeks isn't a positive sign, but I think if we're in a similar position this time next week, Phil, I think it will be closed off that it's um, two of three. The issue with the ones chasing the pack right now is if you look at the fixtures, this week isn't too bad. They are pretty spread out. Chris Dobie's in the top half. Peter Wright's there as well. Then you've got Price v Clayton, so one of them's going to get stalled, whatever. Uh, Aspinall versus Dimitri. The week after, those bottom three are in the same half of the draw. So whilst one of them is going to make a semi-final and possibly even a final, the rest of the table is gaining points. Yeah. So that gap becomes bigger. Michael Smith, Nathan Aspinall, Gerwin Price, Marco Van Gerwen, at least one of them is making a final. At least two of them are making semi-finals. They're going to pick up points and make that gap wider. What's the game, in your opinion, that decides who finishes in the top four? Aspinall versus Clayton on night 16. I think they're fourth and fifth. I, th I think we'll see something from Michael Smith in the next couple of weeks that will just see him edge ahead of Johnny Clayton and, and Nathan Aspinall. And I think it'll be a shootout between fourth and fifth. Sim Joe Cullen, Peter Wright. Similar. After last year, yeah, yeah, that is the one benefit of this format. But the well, the other problem with that is the rest of the night is dud. That is literally the only game that matters, unless there's a significant points to make up from fifth or sixth from a night win that will get them there. But the rest of the night means nothing. First v eighth is an absolute dead rubber. Second v seventh, I guess, would be the same. Might be with a shot at third v sixth, meaning something if. Dobie or Dimitri win a night and go to at least a semi or a final in the other three nights, but it's literally four feet fifth. I I'd look at that Sheffield sort of draw and see that um, Johnny Clayton's like Dimmy, and obviously it's hard to predict something that's a few weeks away, but you'd see Johnny coming through that, and there would be no surprise then when stuff to play for if Smith that's Fuhrer MVG, so that Clayton Smith down then in a the semi final could be too. But other than that, it's hard to look at. The fourth, fifth dame and the final dame, which I expect to see Aspinall in there, even though he's better positioned than the other two. I'm just not sure if it'll be Johnny or Michael Smith who'll be playing against. I guess the more and more you look at these fixtures now, I said it'd be that fourth, fifth, fifth. Aspinall plays Dimitri Vandenberg next week, but then he runs into Price or Clayton. I still think, despite the results at the minute, they're both favourite over him right now. Yeah. The week after he plays Michael Smith first round, the winner of that plays Gerwin Price or Van Gerwen. Brilliant achievement last week, but I'm not seeing a final for Aspinall in any of those two weeks. 
The week after that, he plays Gerwin Price first round. So his running is actually pretty difficult. He's got <coughs> a favourable first round this week, but actually after that, his first round are tough and his semis aren't much better. Next week, Johnny Clayton, his favourites, make a final. Before a dart is thrown, Johnny Clayton is favourite to make a final in the top half in Manchester. He plays Peter Wright, and then he plays the winner of Chris Dobin, Dimitri Vandenberg. And then the week after in Leeds, he plays Dimitri first. So Johnny yeah. could rack some points up in weeks 14 and 15. Which he won't need to, because if Michael Smith and Nathan Aspen will get going under the finalist this week in Leeds, Johnny's playing Gezi first round. <laughs> That's tough. Um, Right, from there, we are going to go across the pond. I'm going to talk about the CDC cross-border challenge ahead of our guests. The inaugural tournament, cross-border and the Nations Cup, gents. Great to see uh, live on YouTube and PDC TV. So we got to see everything from across the pond. First reflections, a very enjoyable tournament. Yeah, massively. I mean, we've been bigging up the CDC for a long time on, on the channel, not just because they're coming on to, to chat to us, but in terms of expansion areas for professional darts, corporation darts, they are making waves right now. They, they are above their head of the game. They are producing more events. They're producing stars. We're seeing those players have success elsewhere in, in the form of the seniors tour. David Cameron's already a master champion. Lana Gates is defending champion of champions we're seeing that those players go on to play in the Moda super series um with very levels of success we saw alex Spurman playing there recently we saw jacob taylor play really really well in there recently um and there's just a lot of good things There's, there's a lot of intrigue around north american darts right now mainly because of the way that they've played in World Cups before in, in terms of the Canadians in particular, but actually the USA and, and the uh, US Darts Masters last year was, was really interesting. So, yeah, really, really intriguing. It was a, a format that wasn't quite the Ryder Cup style, team-based, but it, it was set up nicely that it was half and half from each nation and there was that was what all the, the first-round fixtures were. That being said, a little bit disappointed in the performance of the Americans. Yeah. I appreciate they were missing Danny Baggish last minute in, in terms of representing them, but Danny Lowry beaten early, then the Gates beaten early, Chuck Puglio beaten early. Tight games in some of them, but the Canadians are rampant this weekend. And Often you'd be nice, Bob. Considering the shorter format in that first round as well, the performances got better on the Sunday from the Canadians, but that first round they were there for taking, and the Americans let themselves down. Yeah, I, I think you've been fairly generous to the Americans um, because I think they were very poor across that sort of opening, especially the names that are in there um, and how some of them are playing as well. The form that some of them are going into that, it, it was very surprised to see where it pan out how we did in the early stages. Yeah, look, one name that caught my eye across the whole tournament, and I didn't know a lot about him, was Steve Warnock. I thought he played very, very tidy. A nice action, uh, just a lot to like about him. 
to, to go and beat Leonard Gates that comfortably. In the first, look, short race, easy to get caught, cold, etc. But to, to beat Leonard Gates 4-1 to open up, superb. Um, John Norman Jr. Is, is a character, but he's, he's playing some very, very steady darts right now. Obviously beaten by Jeff Smith in the semifinals, but <coughs> best was Jeff Smith was he was just a level above on that final day, wasn't he? He just went through the gears when he needed them, took his chances, just he lived up to his nickname, didn't he? It was a silencer, like, I'm just, I'm just going to have you. You, yeah. you leave the door open for anything, I'm going to have it. And he did exactly that. A professional job from a player that has got more professional experience than an awful lot of the players that were taking part. Yeah, and look, we've, we've, we've put the, the bracket up so everyone else can see it as well. Um, again, in the opening um, round, the last 16, uh, Joey Lennar, although he lost, there's a lot to like about the, the young man. Um, I think, again, one that's got a big, big future. Um, but just just going, Jacob Taylor was the Jacob Taylor we saw at the Super Series. Um, that was that that was decent. Um, a little bit disappointed with Alex Spellman, considering how well he played when he came over. Um, didn't, didn't play as well as what we've seen him play. Yeah, uh, right. That 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 was sort of the standouts on on day one. Then obviously we came back. On day two for quarterfinal action, um, Jim Long was, was was steady in beating Keith Way. Uh, Jacob Taylor played played well to beat Alex Spellman. You always felt he was in control of that game. Uh, then Jeff Smith whitewashes whitewashes Jules Van Dongen ninety six average. I know Jeff's spoken about his equipment change and, and everything like that, but he seems to be getting to grips with with that one now. And Steve Warnock beat John Norman Jr. Um, Semi-finals, all Canadian semi-finals. Jim Long, this was a surprise for me, but Jim played really, really well. A 5-2 win over Jacob Taylor. I thought Jacob was the favourite going into that one. And then Jeff Smith whitewashes Steve Warnock. And then Jeff Smith completes an unbelievable day, 16-0, boys. That's some feat to go through a day without dropping a leg, no matter where you're playing, who you're playing or whatever. When, well, when we talked about how strong this field is, to then go on and win it in the way he's done and won it, we yes, there was a few early shots, probably to say early on, but the fact that Jeff Smith's done and won it the way he has done from someone who's put in an incredible amount of air miles. You mentioned there about the right darts. Hopefully he can travel with his darts one day, so because we know the risks of not being able to do that. But that man is always in an airport. He's put so much... Um, timing so much travel time into this sport over the past few years, and it's it's great to see a reward on the back of that. So, um, what a way to do it! Yeah, and look, just the, the whole event in, in general, it just shows how far the, the guys in North America, the CDC, have come to be able to put on something like this. I know we're going to talk to them to them shortly, but for the first event, a lot of pluses, yeah. But no real surprises that there's a lot of pluses because the field, um, the organisation of, of the tour, there's no real surprise that we're only talking about a lot of positives um, from this event. Yeah, um, just on that, lads, can you carry darts in your hand luggage if you take the points out? Yes, you can. Um, it's something that's being, being looked at Um by a lot of players now, we've seen Peter Wright have his darts custom made to do that. Scott Williams doesn't get many darts long enough. 
Yeah, um, Scott Williams has done it recently, so yeah, you can. Um, but the, the, the tournament itself as well, the, the, the Nations Cup, the way the ties went, was a little bit of a letdown as a spectacle because it was done and dusted on, on day one because Canada were, were that strong. But I like that team element to it as well. Yeah, with you then, it's, it just seems like there's a lot to set up. We're calling for a lot more for team play. We've finally got our sort of way with getting the World Cup in doubles. I'm saying we've done it all, but you know what I mean? Um, so it's yeah, always done to that team. Either, isn't it? That, that's what yeah, fans yeah, have yeah. got. Yeah, Collect, a collective way. It's not, it's not an OD, it's a yeah. dark fans have got what we want. And I think the, the team aspect of the sport, for me, we don't see enough of it. And I know we've spoken about it on sort of in the future in some regards to seniors, if there was like a mixed doubles or something around the ADC sort of events, there is other opportunities to do it. We can't always be reliant on the PDC to come up with these um, ways of working. So I think it's great to see that other organisations are looking at ways of a team element. We all want the Ryder Club though, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it will happen. We, we, you know, I just want to touch on, on Leonard Gates. Do we, not a reality check's the wrong word, but do you think this was just a back down to earth type moment for him after the, the month he's had? The, yeah, the year he's had. He's, he's had a fantastic, give or take, 12 months. No, there was no real surprise to see him go on and win the champion of champions because we'd seen what he'd done last year in the World Series in America. Um, so it can just happen, it's just a one off. I'm expecting him to bounce back and hopefully in the UK we're going to see a lot more of him as well. Yeah. Um, right, we, everyone, we are going to grab a quick 30-second ad break because our guests have arrived. So we'll be back on the other side of this. Welcome back to the live lounge, everyone. And there they are, our guests for the evening, Mr. Peter Satira and Anthony Eugenie from the CDC. Gentlemen, what a weekend you've both had at Cross Border Challenge. First of all, how are you both? Hey, Phil, great to be with you. Uh, doing fantastic, a little tired from the weekend, but uh, <laughs> certainly uh, I think we, we did some good things. Hey, boys, good to be with you. Yeah, and I'm flat out exhausted. Uh, we don't let we don't let you have a break. Sorry, straight back on. We get you straight on this show as soon as yep. you've done the hard work over the weekend. <laughs> oh, the media schedule is getting difficult. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, no, look, first of all, a fantastic tournament from from our point of view. We loved it. It was great for the first time to be able to watch everything. There it is. Oh, baby. Um, look, I know we've, we've spoken for a year, 18 months about being able to watch more of, of your stuff. So it was great to be able to watch every tie of cross-border, gents. Thank you. 
Uh, just heard the lead up, and uh, we were thrilled that the, the team component actually added something to it. Uh, as you know, the Canadians really made a statement, I think, over this weekend on a lot of levels. Uh, yeah, look, they were absolutely superb. Oh, Peter, you've muted yourself. First time ever, Peter Satari. <laughs> Everybody here is happy about that. No, I actually had a uh, technical issue with my headset that I was trying to resolve. So apologies for that. But I uh, just chimed in and basically said, yeah, the Canadians were, uh, I, I don't want to say unexpected. There was nothing unexpected. But, you know, certainly when, when it's that much of a dominating performance, it uh, you kind of take a step back and go, wow, you know, who would have who'da thought that? Yeah, look, especially going into a hostile atmosphere as well. New, New Jersey, we heard the, the, the Let's Go USA and everything like that around, but I didn't have a lot to cheer about, unfortunately. No, that's for sure. And, and to be fair, New Jersey's a hostile atmosphere to people not from New Jersey. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, from your guys' point of view, this was the first major event that, that you'd hosted where you'd sold tickets and it was on TV for, for everyone to watch. So I know it's only the dust has only just settled. What's the initial feedback been from both players and fans and, and everyone? Peter? You know, the players loved it. It was fantastic in their eyes. Um, the atmosphere was electric. It was the best crowd we've seen in North America in uh, in a long time, if, if not ever, in terms of just a North American event. You know, we, we have sold tickets in the past. Our Continental Cup has been a, a ticketed event for the past two or three times we've, we've offered it. But but that wasn't the proper venue that this was. And so, you know, you're in a proper venue, you provide gravitas. And that was the word that was kind of thrown around. Like there, you walk into that room and you just feel the, the history of it and it was set up perfect for darts and the sound was great and you know the crowd was into it and so it was exactly what you want to showcase the sport we all love um you know i, I think it was a little bit and i think some of you may have heard me say this in a video i, I put out on facebook from a, a stream perspective i think it, it was a little bit less than we wanted it to be um i don't want to touch on that any more than i already have but uh you know we'll, we'll definitely improve that next time around but but uh you know we, we started off with a couple of struggles by by you know saturday after Saturday evening, uh, you know, certainly most of those were resolved. And then we got hit with lightning and a bunch of other stuff. But it was uh, it, it, overall, it was a fantastic event. And I think no matter how you consumed it, you could uh, certainly appreciate the magnitude of what we did. And and just mentioned Phil mentioned there around the, the fan sort of feedback. And generally across social media, it seemed to be a very good reaction from a, from a player's perspective, because we all know that the players like to air their views as well We've on social media or face-to-face. How's the players reacted to um, to the tournament? Has that gone down as well? The, the, the players uh, exceeded my expectations on the way they received everything. Uh, we tried some innovative things where I, I don't know if you had a sense of the facility. There was a balcony um, area that we were able to uh, we gave the players access to half of the balcony. There was a practice area there and then a seating area for themselves and the guests so they could interact with the, with the fans. And the players simply loved it. Uh, they loved to be able to practice in the same environment to, to sort of get that, you know, um, event feel as they're warming up and get themselves ready mentally. And then a lot of them had a lot of fun looking over the balcony, inter- interacting with the fans when, when some fans on the floor – caught wind that they were up there they would chant their names and they'd be able to look over so all of those cool little boxes that you want to tick to help north american players start to feel 
like the stars that we want them to get to, you know, take pictures, sign autographs, you know, have your name chanted. Um, so that was, that was fantastic. Um, and the players enjoyed the facility, the feel of it, the look. So, so coming out of it, they, they were very happy and very um, encouraged on, on that, those strides that were made fans as well in the room. I think the, the, the fans were vocal. We, cannot say enough good things about the the people that were in the room they, yeah it's it, it, sorry it's just uh, we, we were able to actually in, interact with them more than i think we have in the past you know we're, there were giveaways players had brought some stuff to give away so we were consistently trying to involve the fans and trying to to keep them you know entertained and and make sure they left feeling appreciated and, and i think we definitely did that and 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 they carried the day they, they oh, yeah. really did oh, yeah. i mean they were they were, they initiated a lot of interaction. Uh, I was most impressed when we did have a, an outside sort of technical issue that put down the, the, the lighting on stage. The fans started singing unprompted on their own. And I thought to myself, that's a gain right there to have an American, North American audience sort of be hip enough to, to sort of like, let's let's keep ourselves entertained. And then that's the point that if we can, you know, turn the corner on that and not look back, that's when we can have successful events that that the outside community says, that's a lot of fun and I want to be involved in it. Look, that's, that's great to hear. And the, the, the whole thing is just moving forward so, so well. But me being me, is this the first taste of, of what we're going to get? Because... Now that we've seen it once, are we going to get things like a stream board on your tour events and, and things like this? Well, well, in fairness, you know, we, we have had stream board. We try to stream every tour event to, to, to some level, right? Five, six, seven matches. Uh, we'll continue to do that, no doubt. Uh, if you're talking about will the stream, the, the regular tour of matches kind of have uh, a live audience. No, that, 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 that's not in the current plan, but I can guarantee you that uh, it will be able to, we'll be thinking behind the scenes, Anthony and I will be chatting about ways that we can replicate this, right? Does the Continental Cup go to New Jersey? I, you know, if we can make it work, there's obviously other considerations, right? It's not just everybody had a great time. We've it's got to work financially. It's got to work, you know, with the schedule of the venue, but, but certainly, yes, we're thinking of ways that we can, we can replicate this. There's no doubt about that. Now we've got all the boys. All the boys are here. All right. <laughs> um, on on the, the New Jersey bit and just being East Coast based, is that a decision that you've kind of made off the back of last year's North American Championships and the US Darts Masters? Because it just seemed to really boom there from June last year. Is that is that kind of a decision that you've made that that's the best place for the CDC at the moment? Pete? I, I saw you raise your hand, but you're going to toss that over to me. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I mean, not. I hope it doesn't sound self-serving. A lot of it has to do with me being part of the company, being born and raised in New York City, uh, having um, built relationships and trust and structure in New York. That's how we landed with the Continental Cup in New York City in 2019. Um, we had brought it to a couple of other places of the country great areas, great, great people. We just didn't seem to get the attendance support that we were looking to, to make that move with, you know, to, to turn a great darts product and a great visual product into a great attendance product. Um, so 
over time, we've we've acquired a good am amount of members that are on staff from the New York metropolitan area, whether it be you know New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, what have you. Um, so we were confident that we could bring an event in and get some attendance. And the New York area hasn't let us down. Um, 2019 was a good you know a good first step. We are very proud of that. You know, true ticketed event with a good lively crowd. And then, you know, we've returned since with, with the Continental Cup. The event at MSG certainly hasn't hurt. That that, that actually, you know, obviously complemented what, what we're trying to do to make the, that, that this area is a hotbed for not only darts activity, but darts fandom, if you will. Um, being in that area, you can draw from Washington, DC, Philadelphia, Boston. Yeah, the, the geography. I was about to chime in and say the geography just works as well. Uh, it's the the probably the most compact presence of of massive dart fans that that we have, or certainly players that we have in the country, um, or or indeed on the continent. Um, it was really interesting. I'll mention this that that in the in the house we had a bunch of fans that that were not darts fans. Like they never they they might play casually some of them some of them never thrown a dart before in their lives they heard how how interesting this was going to be and they they managed to find their way there and so you know that's always been the key i think you've heard me and, and anthony also uh, have have talked about how we need if we're going if we're going to get to where all of us want to be right all of us here all, the pdc if we're going to get to where all of us want to be we've got to get into the collective consciousness of the non darts enthusiast and uh, and it was a big step towards doing that uh, yeah, I completely agree. Moving forward, obviously a lot of talk amongst the players was that qualifying spot for, for Madison Square Garden, but the, the, the tournament itself, the North American um, Darts Championship, how excited are you to be back there this year to see if Leonard Gates can defend his title and the standard going up as always? How excited are you for June? I mean, how, how can you not be excited to have darts at the most iconic sports venue, arguably the most iconic sports venue in the country, right? Uh, it, 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 there's nothing that, that that can equal that if you're a, if you're a darts freak, like I think most everyone here is, right? Um, you know, it, it, I think it's going to be interesting to to see uh, the tickets. Uh, certainly, you know, ticketing, the economics are different today than they were last year. Um, you know, you're feeling that on your side of the pond. We're feeling it here. You know, anytime inflation and, and and it comes into play, it stretches the entertainment dollars. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to see how, how ticketing is. I hope it's going to equal last year. I think it certainly could. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to pack the place and, and get people out there. What's going to help is the, the amount of great press it got last year, right? Oh, man, this is a fantastic event. Man, you can't miss it. It's going to be back next year. So there's a lot of positive buzz about it. And now it's just got to translate into getting butts in seats that might not have been there last year. And we certainly hope it'll, everything will piggyback off of that. You know, I can't spake moment because that, yes. as we know, was all over social media. That helped us. It helped everybody in darts. But it, it should certainly have a positive effect no on, doubt. on attendance at the, at the Masters. That, that was going to be my question. Obviously, the, the crossover into someone as big as, as Ariel is and, and getting mm -hmm. Michael Smith. And are you seeing a, a bigger uptake of, of casual fans now people that aren't traditionally involved in the sport going actually this is pretty entertaining 
you know, it's funny, two of the people that I spoke with, I I was in, trying to interact with the crowd as much as I could. And uh, I, I went up to a table, they were just having a great time, right? And I said, hey, how did you guys hear about this? Do you play darts? No, but we're big MMA fans. And we saw Ariel Helwani tweet about it. And, uh, and so we had to come down and do it. And and basically, you know, they, they've said similar things to what we believe is that the fan bases for darts, MMA, minor league baseball, minor league hockey, those are very similar fan bases, right? You're, you're you're, you're trying to get the same type of person, the same type of fan. So it's nice to see that validated. Yeah, in its context, uh, the numbers weren't massive, but but that that people were there right. was it was a game that that they were you know non dart players, casual sports fans in the area we were at in New Jersey, very young demographic, uh, very much a just an out for the weekend entertainment kind of demographic in the area. We drew some of those fans in from support and associations with local pubs. So we, we, strides were made in that and people just coming simply to have a good night's entertainment. How do you compete with this vast number? Like Pete, you said about how many other sports it, it compares to. How do you go about competing with the bigger sports? in america because in the uk and a lot of europe we have football we have cricket we have rugby that's it yeah. and the cricket and rugby are pretty seasonal football or soccer is is just massive but other than that things like hockey and basketball are incredibly minor over here you, there's, there's people in the chat that can even name you a, a, an english basketball team or an english ice hockey team whereas you've got the big four sports to compete with soccer's growing and, and everything else. I mean, there's millions of channels in the US, but, but how do you bid for that airtime, I guess, is, is the extension. So I, I think you, you have to define your market more over here. And, and our market really isn't to compete. I mean, if we're competing with the NFL, Jack, we're, we're losing. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that was my answer. I didn't want it to sound negative, but my answer was you don't. You know, you right. just that, that's going to be what it is and try and then find your your next level, your your niche area where you just appeal to people on the it, the sporting nature, but the entertainment nature of it yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's 100% right. And, and really comes down to value, right? It comes down to providing the best entertainment value at the right price. It is prohibitively expensive for a working class family to go to an NFL game. It's to go to an NBA game to some extent, even to go to a baseball game these days, we're not prohibitively expensive. You, know, you could have gotten into that event this past weekend for a great seat with a VIP, right? For just over a hundred bucks. If you didn't want the VIP under a hundred bucks and get two days of fantastic entertainment. So we are, we're at, we're, we're trying to find that, that value proposition, um, finding the passion, right? The, the MMA people are passionate. Darts people are passionate. Finding people that are passionate about something, channeling that passion and uh, and giving them the value that they're looking for. Also, I'm guessing what's helped is the fact that your marquee players have really stepped up over the last year as well. We've seen David Cameron and Leonard Gates winning on the seniors, Soldier going to Ali Pali, winning his first round game and, and electrifying the place. So your, your, your flagship players almost as well have done you proud, which must be satisfying and, and also something to build off of as well. Uh, it, 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 it sounds like you had a, a microphone in, in the hotel <laughs> bar on Wednesday as a lot of us congregated and sort of took, a, took an assessment on what's going on here in North America over the last 
five years maybe to, to to be to be honest you know to 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 be fair about it and and that's what the conversation was about was the consistency of performances they're not always great but they're they're at least being start to be strung together that you know one player doesn't go out and, and put up a 94 average and then never does it again at least if they're in matches numerous times like like you said we've seen Lauby and Gates and uh, and Cameron and Baggish and Campbell and I'm getting to the second item by doing those names, you know, put up numbers that even if they're not in victories, they're solid enough numbers to be taken seriously. And then the second point is the the amount of players over time in both countries and, and in North America. Like, you know, you've got one or two players, maybe three at any given time to, to be able to comfortably just roll off six, eight, possibly even 10 names that you know, with with Jacob Taylor and Alex Spellman now impressing people at Modus, you know, that we can name you eight to 10 players that an international audience would be interested to see that that those items to me speaks volume on on where it's progressed. No doubt. And and looking at the the averages, you know, it's it's interesting, the the change in conversation now versus where we were when we started right some of the averages in the first round i mean it was a new venue for everybody you know there's a there's a level of jitters there's a you know, magnitude and, and so you know some of the averages were not where i think a lot of the fans would have expected them to be in that first round and it's just a, a testament to the fact that the, that the that everything is new to the player right but five years ago we're looking at these averages going man those are pretty decent averages now we're looking at those averages going man there you know these guys are these guys we know they can they can do so much better and as you got into the later rounds certainly you saw yeah. the averages go up just as you'd expect yeah thank you peter i remember this morning just kind of kind of trying to get an assessment because I, I as you work in the event sometimes you don't actually see what's going on in and out of the event as you're trying to do production things and that's what i looked at a lot of high 80s averages where we would have felt that that was a lot of gains but the players have set us up recently to say well that's not great um, <laughs> but in terms of what where we've talked about as a as a continent those are those are pretty good progressive numbers, and we know the players have the aptitude to bump that up. Um, which which now to sort of like bring it full circle about Phil, you asking about the excitement about New York is you know th- those names and those numbers and all that stuff is why we are so thankful and blessed that and excited, particularly about that North American Championship. That as a continent, we get a chance to have eight players on their own get showcased in a, on a brilliant plat- platform. Um, and that makes it, you know, for us here, really exciting to, to see the, the possibilities of what goes on in that event. Does, go on, go. Does the drive to produce those players come at a little bit of a trade-off now? Because you're one of the first organizations that are a PDC affiliate that mean if they're a tour card holder, they won't be able to play in the floor events. So it, it's brilliant for growing and getting eyes on your side of the game but if you lose six players next year to go and be a tour card holder does that make what you're trying to do within the united states that little bit more difficult because you don't have those star name attractions you know jack at the end of the day i don't think so we 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 need to be able to create that pipeline and sometimes in order for somebody else to come up and shine they need the person that's in front of them to progress to the next thing right and that that's true in darts it's true in any in in just in organizations in general um and would i lie to you if i said that if we lost five of our players you know that that wouldn't hurt or no of course that, that that that's not that it would hurt 
in, in the average sense and the, the fan sense, right, at the beginning. But I think that the, the point that we're doing, we're creating this kind of this kind of conveyor belt, if, if you will, uh, of development. And, and you know, I had some some hand in helping to draft that rule that you saw the PDC uh, release. At the end of the day, I, th I think it's I think it's the right thing. It's not a it's not an automatic ban, right? The first year, if you're in your in your two year tour card, you're able to play without restriction. The second year, you're able to play unless you're in the top 64. So you're really not severing the tie uh, for somebody who really gets their card. And I was like, oh my god. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. What do I do? I, you know, it's a total, as you know, you live there. It's a totally different world going over here from here to there full time. And, and so I think they did it the right way. Um, got a few from the chat room before we come back to you as um, well. Uh, Craig says, uh, would you guys like to have more qualifying spots for the world championships? That's a no brainer. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Triple. Quadruple the numbers. <laughs> Wave a magic wand. Hoorah! <laughs> but, but certainly, and, 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 and as those opportunities might be presented, we, we take it as a compliment to everybody involved, from, from the organization to the player to the fans. Because all of it, if it all starts to come together, then it becomes compelling and it becomes necessary to give the area more attention. Got a huge compliment from Tommy here. Boy says, thinks North America is the future of darts. Um, a bit like um, China and snooker. So we've got some fans growing over here as well. No expectations there, right? <laughs> uh, we hope so too. Uh, Paul says, uh, what's the youth dart scene in North America like? Is there a JDC type setup? Yeah, we're actually partners with the JDC. And so, uh, you know, I actually, I'll, I'll let Anthony speak to this. This is one of his babies when we started it. So I'm not going to tread on that and take this one. Yeah, we actually, uh, you know, we had a virtual weekend kickoff, but uh, our on-site youth uh, events kick off in a couple of weeks. And we actually run two levels, as Pete said, uh, coordinated with the JDC. We have a juniors, which is 17 and under. So it, it aligns just like the JDC tour. Um, and then we have what we've nicknamed the evolution tour. And that's up to that 23, 24 ish level that the PDC has markedly uh, established. Um, and, uh, you know, down to, down to uh, 14 or 16, depending upon, you know, I forget what we've, what we've said, but, but we've, we've kind of like set them to match 
those two particular ventures over in Europe so our players can have the same development opportunities. Again, we don't offer as many uh, events as they do over in Europe, but we're growing. It's We're still at, uh, I think we're at nine this year on each level. So some opportunities for players to come out, get that experience uh, of playing. We try and make it as um, formal as we can so they can start to be trained in that way, just like the JDC does some events, our juniors do some round robin play. And then we ask a little bit more of the evolution players, players that are 17, 19. Now it's, you know, dress code. Now it's, you know, a, a proper bull, um, a little extended format, some nines and 11s, you know, really get their fill and experience of it. And then we've also been blessed with, just like we are on the top level, we're blessed with the associations to have those players have opportunities. So through our junior tour, we fill a Team USA and a Team Canada to go over to Gibraltar, compete in the JDC World Championships and World Cup. And then conversely, now we've got two opportunities for our evolution players, two from the United States, two from Canada, to play in the Winmore, um, you know, PDC World, World Youth Championships. So at every level here in North America, you have an opportunity to compete and and go overseas. Yeah, the path internationally truly does go through CDC. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I know the answer to this question, but I've got one off the back of it. Paul says, has there ever been a World Series event in Canada? If not, there should be. Uh, no, there hasn't. But obviously, you guys are always in talks with, with Matt and, and the PDC. How close are we to potentially having that North American double header like we have in the Oceanic region? I listen to this show all the time. I know this is a biggie with this crowd. <laughs> they, they want Toronto the week after New York. Yeah. Correct. So <laughs> I, I, I'd be lying if I said there weren't conversations. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it has to work financially for them as well. Uh, it, it's these things are not small events to put on. And so, you know, having gotten a glimpse into, <laughs> I look at what we did and I look at, at knowing what their expenses are and, 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 you know, what it costs them. Like, you know, you, you've got to be set up to make that happen. A lot of that, a lot of that comes down to sponsorship. Right. And so uh, if you can, if you can sell it, you can do it. Um, and so I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see that happen. Uh, but certainly there's some things that have to happen before it can. Can, if that makes sense. And so, I don't, I'm not going to be one to speak for Matt Porter, so you ask him that question. Am I being greedy and saying, can we have three? Can we have Vegas, New York, Toronto? I was going to say, and for <laughs> Phil, let's tag on Vegas, because I know that's right. that and also, And we just send Phil to Vegas, and the rest of us will do the nuts. Honestly, <laughs> and this is now, now I'm probably going to go into the realm of Pete's going, be quiet and don't get us in trouble, but... <laughs> Who thinks that wouldn't work if you if you did New York, Toronto, and, and Vegas? It would work, right? I'm I'm completely done for that. Tell you what, Phil, if we were to maybe hypothetically have an event in Vegas at some hypothetical possible hypothetical time in the future, hypothetically, you could come cover that hypothetical event. Can you just WhatsApp me the dates when we're done? Hypothetically, <laughs> <laughs> send you the dates in private. No. If you get him a Vegas event, he's got to pay for me to come do the New York. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Toronto. It's fine. I'll take Toronto. We worked it. We worked it. Uh, an, an interesting one for you guys as well. That, came out from two players, obviously, I did the, the media stuff with, and they were talking about Matt Campbell's impact. Even though he wasn't there, he was the one that they, they're all shooting for now. And it was Jim Long that actually said, in his opinion, Matt's the best player to come out of North America since John Park. That, that, that's a huge statement. 
I'll, I'll take I'll jump in the fire for you, Pete, because I see you a little Thank reticent you. over there. I, I will you. not. I don't want to go. Um, I don't want to go that far with comparisons. I just I will I will keep it on Matt in that. Again, it's sort of a conversation that you're eavesdropping it. Yeah, I, I think Matt is a let's put it this way. Matt is about as solid as we've seen come out of North America in a long, long time. And I think when Matt gets the full traction under his feet, not that he hasn't already, but I think if he can get to that top 32 or and those other places where the the um, major and other televised opportunities come and, you know, I'm, I'm well versed enough to know how that how that snowball starts rolling downhill opportunities lead to money on the order of merit and so on and so forth. Keep you there. I think when Matt gets to that plateau, it's going to take quite a while for him to be nudged off of that. He's going to have a very substantial time in that, in that spot. Last one before we let you go. If I said to you, the pair of you, where would you like the CDC and darts on North America to be in two years time? If, if, if the live fans, if we haven't been, cancelled by then if we're still doing this in two years time where would you guys like it to be so that that's a that's a, a really interesting open-ended question uh, mainly because we're really good at being five years into two-year plans phil uh, but you know from from my perspective from the business end uh you know we'd like to see three or four major events. Uh, we'd love to have the gambling aspect to be able to be wagered on, uh, to be able to generate revenue that way, which enables us to do more uh, bigger, uh, intense things, to play, to pay players more money, to really create that separation that we're trying to do, right? Anthony hit on something when we first started this, when he talked about the exclusivity and making those players, the, 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 the put them on the pedestal we want them to be on. In order to be able to truly do that, you have to make it worth their while, right? You can't take away opportunities from players if you can't pay them what, what, what they need to be paid in order to do it. So there's a lot of moving parts there that I think we might be able to crack. I think we're, we're looking, we're standing, I use the in internal conversations and with business partners, I use the, the Sisyphus example, if you're familiar, right? Pushing the boulder up the, uh, up the mountain. And I think you know, my lips to God's ears, I think we're that close to getting it over the top and letting it kind of roll it roll down. So um, that's kind of my five minute or two minute non-answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, I, I concur in that. And, and, and it's all about it's, it's a large reason of why we were committed to doing this past weekend was to get the exposure of the potential of what the next level could be. So we wanted to try and capture the imagination of the the mythical sponsor that we continually talk about that would help raise this to everybody's levels of expectation. So that would, that would interpret, you know, a longer tour, more events with more prize money. So yep. just as Pete touched on, it, it's, a, it's a true payoff to more players committing to the tour over a longer period of time. So, and, and then interspersing that, as Pete said, we're very, very keen on, um, expanding our sort of quote unquote majors and, and things that are highly televised and, and covered and in venues like the white Eagle, like that, that the word I've been using when we first went to the white Eagle was this is what North America deserves. And I hope everybody sees that there's been so much work put in by the, the fans that truly love it, the players that have committed to it and the organization, like this is where the game in North America deserves to go. And you'll hear us make some 
announcements in the next week or so that uh, I think you'll you'll like that that will the opportunities that are presenting themselves now that can lead to exactly what Anthony and I just discussed. So just boy, she said it there. We need the mythical Ryder Cup tournament. And also the, the two, can we have the mythical Ryder Cup and the Royal Rumble? The, the mythical Ryder Cup isn't so mythical. It's it's drawn up in Anthony's little book of uh, of, of of events. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> he, he puts together the ideas that I have to finance, right? You really got me. Oh man. Anthony sounds like me for this show. I can't speak. Okay, right. We need to I do can't this. Speak. Like, can't do that while I'm on the screen. I'm like, but we're doing it. I literally can't speak. Okay, the voice is back. I would have, I would have strongly, as I have sometimes in privately, really said that that's a go before this weekend. It came out pretty well. I, I'm not saying we can't make some tweaks to the kind to the quote unquote Nations Cup thing, but it, it's like part of me likes that, and especially what happened with Canada. Like I kind of want to give the USA boys, and and this is no, you know, I, I make sure to have the little Canadian <laughs> scarf up there so things are even, kind of even a huge flag, little scarf. I don't know, um, but uh, you know, I kind of want to give the USA boys a crack at getting it back. What I like, what had developed is, is that we get a chance to do two events in the same weekend at, at this point when we don't have tons of money to, to just easily put a second event on the calendar. Now, that's not to say that I still don't truly love the, the straight up Ryder Cup type of, type of thing where you've got an expanded roster and it's singles and doubles and maybe, you know, trips or quads or something cool like that. So, that's that's definitely still in the pipeline, but I, I there was excitement enough with this that I can see us possibly staying with this maybe for at least another crack or two, and we'll we'll see where it goes. Don't 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 let your mouth write checks that our company can't cash. Oh, I, no, I know I'm I've been trying hard not to commit to this, you know, but but I mean, you know, again, it's all about funding, and it I it hate is. to. See it is sounding like that, but I mean, you know, there's a couple of great ideas and things that would that would be fantastic. Like, you know, if this if we can substantiate this, this is we would also love to have another sort of season opening big event. You know, um, like overseas, something to sort of signify the start of of the year uh, in a big way, in a showcased way, and give something for players to look at at the end of the year, not just the tour finals in the Continental Cup. Look at the rankings and say, well, I can position myself for not only retaining my card, but I might be able to qualify into, you know, said spring event, things things like that. You, you can kind of hybridize the Euro Tour format in that case. There, there's a lot of things you could do. But but I want to say one more thing. When, when Anthony says, you know, I, I, I hate to keep saying this, folks, I think it's important that we say this. The, the PDC is, Matchroom is a massive corporation. They've gotten there because they're good at the business side of it, right? This is a this is a business. It has to succeed financially or it doesn't succeed at all. You don't stay in business on, you know, Skittles and, and rainbows. It doesn't work that way. And so, you know, it's important that the people behind, the people out there watching understand that at some level, you know, when you put on events, if you love it, come spend a couple of bucks, come commit, um, because you're part of the, the whole plan. Obviously, advertisers and sponsors can do the majority of the lift, but but you need people to, to commit to what they claim to love. And uh, and oftentimes that those two things don't don't 
gel, if that makes sense. Right now, the most expensive notebook in darts must be Anthony's. Does them ideas? I want to hear all about it. Can <laughs> confirm, Lee. Can confirm. I keep it in a locked safe. If there's any multi-million pound sponsor out there looking to buy a notebook, just let us know. I bring it to every meeting we go to. Let's go, people. Just write the check and we've got them in the pipeline. Uh, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on talking all darts in north america um we love it here on the channel and we'll continue to support you guys as always but thank you very much for your live range debut gentlemen it's been a pleasure thank, thank you Phil. thank you we Phil, appreciate Lee, you jack i'm on Cheers, with gabby i mean my day is absolutely just <laughs> been made <laughs> the godfather we're not worthy we're not worthy <laughs> thanks gentlemen sincerely appreciate it thank you boys keep up the great work Quick ad break, everyone, and we'll be back on the other side of this. Cheers, pals. Take me home, take me on a ride. I got a good feeling about the colors lighting up your eyes. Take me home, take me to the sky. I got a good feeling. Tell me the only thing you want is There you go, chat room. Pleasure to have the guys on. Thoroughly enjoyed talking all stuff about North America. Really interesting chat, boys. One minute it was great to to listen to them just talking about the passion and trying to grow it in in the states and Canada. The passion is just is we as mentioned there. We, we obviously dart fanatics and follow the sport, but the passion that just come from the pair of them then talking about everything, what's just happened, what's about to happen in the future. Um, it's just great to hear and. The, with people behind it who are so passionate, it can only go in one direction. Yeah, it was it's just a just a great, great, um, great, great listen. Um, and look, big things to come in North America as always. Um, back to the um darts on this side of the pond. Um, there was one huge announcement that dropped on social media over the weekend. Um I think most people weren't surprised, but I think it was more the timing of it. Boys caught a lot of people out, which was um, Adrian Lewis taking an an indefinite break um, from... But the interesting bit that I took from it, the wording, was professional game. Um, um, I'm just going to read the tweet. Um, now, it was in, obviously, two parts. First of all, part one was, um, dear all, in particular, my fans, I feel that your loyalty deserves an explanation for my absence from tournaments. Over the past 20-plus years, I feel I need a break from the professional circuit now. Massive thanks to um, the support, my family, sponsors. And then the second one, he goes on to thank the PDC for the opportunities. Um, cheers, folks. AD. Um, look, obviously, there's... That there's stuff going on behind the scenes, but by the sounds of it, that Adrian needs needs time to to, to deal with and, and everything like that. And look, family comes first, and and always will in 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 any sport. And we wish Ad the, the the very best, and hope that he can do what he needs to do, um, and and get what he needs done. 
But from a sporting point of view, boys, it's a dangerous slope to have a break because once that slope, and that it's a very slippery one, once that starts, it is very, very hard to stop it. Especially for a player that has spent the best part of six, seven, when was in that final with Gary Anderson, 2015? Yes. Seven years now, chasing a level that I'm just not sure exists in his game anymore. As as a as a, as a talent, Adrian Lewis is one of the greatest this game has ever seen. There is no more free flowing natural action that anybody could possibly wish to replicate in the early days of Adrian Lewis's career. He was something special when he got going. But I think through injuries and there's potential to throw in a bit of mismanagement in there as, as some other players have experienced, he's not the same Adrian Lewis that won back to that World Championship titles and, and reached another World Final. There's an argument to say that actually when he did reach that last World Final against Guy Anderson, he wasn't the same Adrian Lewis. And he's been chasing that for an awful long time now, through injuries, through personal difficulties, on the board, not quite producing, showing glimpses and then dropping back off, never quite settling with equipment. For someone who throws such a basic dart as well, he has had so many minor little adjustments to that barrel over the last few years. He has just been chasing a level that I'm not sure exists in him anymore. And when you've been at that level... And this is still your life. And you can make a steady living doing what he's doing, but not the living that you had or the lifestyle or anything like that. Readjusting and getting used to that when you still approach the game with the same mentality you had 12, 13 years ago when you're winning world championships is an incredibly difficult process to go through. And I'm not sure what's triggered this step away from the game if there is something going on in his personal life as, as well as struggles on the board or, or anything else that goes along with it. But there is a big fear in me right now that that's the last we've ever seen of Adrian Lewis in the PDC. Yeah. Just, just to sort of add on to that, first and foremost, if there is anything personal, all the best. And to AD, what what he's done over the past, it, it's easy to forget sometimes because you're very blindsided on what's happened over the past one, two, maybe three years. That when you look back probably over the last 15, 20 years, he's been one of the best players in the world. Yes, it was in a in, in a spell, but to be back-to-back world champion is incredible achievement. And he's he's very much a fan's favourite. There's he and he's a fan's favourite because how he plays the game or how he played the game. And I think you're right there, Dob, but it just seems a sort of a different sort of AD Lewis now. And he is trying to recapture being world champion. But he's still a steady top 32, maybe 40 player in the world. You know, he's earning a decent living from the sport as anyone can in that position. He's still done a that numerous amount of exhibitions if he's still required to do so and still winning the money. It's just a different mindset of winning the big butts that he used to win to where he is now. And just thinking back of some of the matches that A.D. Lewis played and, you know, some of the the great dames over that period of time have featured A.D. Lewis, whether that be not just from performances, but the drama that he had with Manly and all those sort of moments that 
yeah, we talked about Sky Sports repeating the same sort of names, but that's one of the names that they do tend to repeat an awful lot of. But it's he's, he's a, a top player in that period of time. Hopefully he comes back. My worry is that I'm with you, that we don't see him again. And it's easy sometimes to say someone needs a reset, but having a reset in this sport is very difficult because if you're in a team sport, you can easily then be eased back into the team. There's no easing back into the PDC. If he comes back and just plays a few pro tours, you're still then drawn up against your lights of MVG Derwin Price. There's no sort of easing back in here. There's no reserve dames that you can play on the, this tour. And if you go off it, just the news that that would make of him being in Q-Stall or anything like that, the pressure on him would be ridiculous. So, um, hopefully, the rest doesn't do it. And like says, hopefully it's nothing personal. He's just, he wants that time away from the board because he's been at this sport for a long time. Um, there is still... To stay, on the, to stay on the tour, I just feel that he needs to be back playing before the year is over and not be going back through the tour-tard sort of option because that then can be a struggle. Um, as much as there's plenty of opportunities away from PDC, but for someone of his talent, we still really should see him on the PDC. There's a couple of things in his favour. The tour card race is 38, mm. 101,000. So he's not going to lose his tour card at the end of the year. So if he wants it, he's got 18 months to go back to the tour. Whether or not, However, how late he comes back within that 18 months depends how close he, or how difficult it will be to retain that tour card if that is his decision. He's still 38 years old, right? He's still the right side of 40 when you think of the success that players have had at 50 and above. Peter Wright, Simon Whitlock, Gary Anderson, Phil Taylor. There's still plenty of time in terms of the sport. Johnny Clayton's 48. He's had the best years of his career in the last five years. Like, there's still time for A.D. Lewis. It's just, if you look at everybody else in and around the sport, AD feels like he was the very first of players who's, he's a generation where this has been his entire life. And that is an awful long time. Phil Taylor did it for an awful long time and a few others did. But you look at others and go, right, when did you start playing darts? When did you start playing darts? And a, and a Steve Beaton will say, oh, I was 20 years old or, or whatever it feels like Adi Lewis has been doing this since he was 10. It feels like he was the first, one of the first that goes, I can make something of this from the age of a child and pushed and inspired to do it when everybody else is out playing football and, and all sorts. And look, we've got the JDC and the development tour and, and all of that alike. But because he's been doing it for so long, we forget just the fact that he is under 40, but it's taken up over half of his life as a professional dart player right now. That will take a toll on somebody. We're not naive enough to think that things like alcohol doesn't exist in sport. If you've been drinking in a sport as frequently as dart players do and as often and to the volume that dart players do for over half your life, that's going to take a physical effect on your health as well as the mental effect of getting yourself up for world championship finals 10 years ago and actually walking into the Robin Park in Wigan going, I've got to play a pro tour here, potentially for a couple of thousand pounds at best because I'm not playing well enough to win it. Just to add to that about the age of him playing the game, it's not someone who's come through that sort of development. When he was that age, the limelight was on him, the pressure was on him, that sort of... You well, talked about some young footballers sort of folding because they had the limelight at the age of 17, 18. You know, the, the stories there of A.D. Lewis was, you know, a, a, a well-known household darts name in his late teens. Like Lowen, he was here, there and everywhere at the age yeah. of 21. 
Well, yeah, the thing yeah. is, the extra pressure as well, because he was Phil Taylor's protege, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. pressure as well that he was the one or that Phil discovered, like Eric was with with Phil, AD was, was that guy, the one that was meant to come along and beat all Phil's records and, yeah. and, and everything like, like that. And look, we obviously know they had their fallout, which, again, didn't help. Um, but, no, but if you look at the downturn of making it to World Championship Finals and beyond, there's a big correlation there between yeah. the, the, excuse me, the relationship that Adrian Lewis had with Phil Taylor and his success as a dart player. And Look, we, we can get into the, has he underachieved if this is the end of his career? Quite possibly, yeah. For the man with his match, natural talent and to win back-to-back World Championships as early as he did, A.D. Lewis should have won more elsewhere, away from the World Championships. His, his major count is lower than Gerwin Price's. Who's only been a dark player for six years? It's always hard to say someone's underachieved when the back to back world champion. I know what you're saying. I know because yeah. it's because of the talent he was, but it's very yeah. hard, very, very hard to say when it's difficult yes. to say when you go and win and achieve your dreams as young as he was, and, and yeah. is arguably one of the, the best players in the world at the time, he even says it in the semi-final when he comes back against Wadey, that's why I'm the best in the world, sort of thing, in his post-match interview. Like there's an argument actually for that 18 months or so, he really was. Because in his top gear, he was untouchable. But the issue is that Phil built him up. Phil was then still bashing him while he was a kid. And then they fell out. So once Phil did bugger off, he didn't have Phil in his corner to help him get and beat everything that Phil had set him up to do. And and since then, the more recent years of when he's played well, and we've, we've seen even over the past, you know, 18 months, two years, obviously what he is where he's in the rankings because we've seen the ton plus averages here and there. We've seen good performances. But right now, that pressure on his shoulders is different to when he was 18, 19. Because when he plays one dud game, it's, well, it's not as dud as he used to be. Because he can't match it, he can't do it then. Where he's loose, he's the same as his Barney back, the same as, I know, we've joked about sort of retoisty. And, you know, certain different players have this sort of, does they have hit a certain height? That height could be different on the ranking system. But does Lewis hit that sort of height? Eaton go on and win a world title. And if he won a world title now, people would still say, yeah, but he's not as good as he used to be. And it's that ridiculous high level that he set himself from such a young age. And you can't do nothing about it. If you've got that talent, you're not going to step back. But the pressures on him have been ridiculous since, well, since he's been in the sport, since he's been a household man. Yeah, it's an, and look, it's hard to imagine not seeing him on a PDC stage again. So let's hope that Adrian can, can go yeah. away do what he needs to do, rekindle that passion, find that love for the sport again. Because, like we said, there's still nothing better than a free-flowing Adrian Lewis in Wild Darts. Um, but evening, uh, Dave Evans is in. Hope you are good, buddy. Uh, Joel is in as well. Um, look, we had such a great chat talking to the CDC boys. So we are, we'll touch on the Euro Tour. We're not going to go into it massively. Um, but there was an event in Austria this weekend. Um, some some interesting stuff played, boys. Some interesting remarks about conditions over there as well from players. Yeah, a lot of comments about conditions, it seemed. More than the norm. But by all accounts, just judging off the ones that we saw, that it was like swelteringly hot on stage was the, the general consensus. Yeah, I've seen a few. I've seen Luke referred to it, I think. 
in his. Um, what I will say is if someone's referring to it being worse than Blackpool in July, it must be bad. I was, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, the, the only one that has come close was the World Cup last year in Frankfurt, and that, again, was just r- ridiculous. Um, but we have a green jacket in darts now. It's become a thing. Yeah, but it's been more emphasized this year. Like I've I've never seen so many memes, who did it better? And things like that. Well, we've got the Masters against the Euro Tour and everything like like that. It's been real blown and hyped up that we've 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 got a green jacket in darts. And I've got a picture of it. Well It's a horrid shade of green. Yeah. Johnny just looks like he's borrowed someone out to their outside. For I was just like, yeah. It wasn't tailor made for him either, was it? With, with the trainers as well, like <laughs> it's like a bad school out school. Yeah. Uniform. So it's raining outside. I just I popped to the shaft and I borrowed that towel. That's what it looks like in the rest of his attire. It is. It is quite funny. Um, <laughs> but again, a run from Mentor Sudovich in Austria. He's, that's where he seems to to play well these days. Doesn't play well anywhere else at the minute, does he, old mentor? He's he's won more in that one event than he has all season. I tell you what, his game, I think it was against Peter Wright, was an absolute yeah. stinker. Yeah, it was. The pace, the performance, just well. Mid seventies. Just yeah. generally just just generally six. Raises more question marks to me around Peter than it does Mentor because not even on that result, but it's no Peter's not been in great form. But if you're gonna tell me that one of them's gonna average around that, it'd be most I wouldn't be less surprised if it was Mentor. Oh, sorry, I'd be less surprised. Yeah, that it was Mentor than Peter. It's Mentor's done through it like that. Still question marks about Mister Wright. He changed arts again, didn't he? That he actually had a, he had a meltdown that <coughs> he chopped and changed in that Mensa game like four times from the New York darts to the Whitlock darts and back again. It was just like, is it a meltdown that he's changing darts up many times? Any other player on the tour would probably say so. Um, one thing that has come out of this week's Euro Tour is that Josh Rock is now developed. <laughs> because he is in the top 32 in the world, which means he cannot now go and play on the Dev Talk of. Probably just really good news for Luke Littler. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have been cheering those results some more than the 16-year-old we had on this show last week. <laughs> His Man United shirt. We still need words about that. I saw it. I saw it. From your hospital bed? You know, I wasn't in hospital. <laughs> you sit. You sit. Um, but yeah, back, back to the Euro Tour. I suppose that again, MBG getting whitewashed by Josh Rock in the semi final, which is MBG's first ever loss in Graz, isn't it? Yeah, which seems just as ridiculous to do it in a whitewashing and that like, he misses eight darts of doubling that match, but. Again, there are still chinks in that light green armour. It, it, it's the doubling that's the issue. 
But the, the score, the scoring's never been. And even when he was having a mare, the dark change, the, the scoring was still always okay. Yeah. The, the, the scoring for him has never been an issue. He's just going to ease himself into that Premier League, ease himself into form, ready for the Premier League player. Yeah, ready for the O2. Cheers, ease. Um, the other highlight was Daryl Gurney getting to a semi-final. He's qualified for enough Euro tours. At lower averages, suggest that he's going to put a run together for a couple of them. He has been exceptional in qualifying, and he's been pretty unlucky with the draws he's had while reaching the, the, these Euro tours. He seems to do well to get there and then get shafted with a draw, but. Again, just that little bit more bit between the teeth I think we need from Daryl. We've spoken about a lot, how he needs to channel that aggression and perhaps being fined by the PDC in the past has, has taken it away for for a long time. But th there's clearly still something there with Daryl. He just needs to produce it more and more often. Yeah. Um, but the ferret is second Euro title, first since 2018, but more importantly, he's given himself a little bit of a cushion there between himself and dropping out the 16. The, the ferret needed that massively. Same tournament oh. as well. He's only ever won the Austrian Darts Open on the Euro yeah. Tour, which, again, oh. seems ridiculous. But it's such an exclusive club to win on the Euro Tour when you look back at the history of it. It's just ludicrous. I think that the, the win's huge for Johnny just to get that winning feeling back. Um, like it says, it's done it. We know how important the Premier League is to all of them to have that win behind him going into these final four weeks. Tud be huge and Tud made the difference in what he's going to be. Looks like small percentages between Clayton Smith and Aspinall. So it's a huge weekend for Johnny and he puts him in a very, very good position in both the Euro Tour rankings, but more importantly for him, just getting back to winning ways. Last one before we move on because we'll talk about him later on in the year no doubt John Henderson how good was it to see Hendo back on the Euro Tour and in the first round game against Dylan Savage, he looked a million dollars he looks better now without a tour card than he did for the last 18 months trying to hold on to that tour card it's like not having one has freed him up I saw a piece Paul Nicholson did for Sport in Life about six players that can go on to win their, their first title if you like Henderson's won the World Cup obviously but Despite not having a tour card, Henderson was one of the players included in the article. Yeah. And I think he's bang on. There is a freedom that Hendo is playing with. The performance level has been consistently good. We get to see that consistency, that little bit more at places like the Moda Super Series when he gets three days or five days of group action to, to show us that level that he's performing at. He was injured in the last final. He, he hurt himself. Um, on one of his days off, and it just took its toll by the end of the Saturday night. But he, he's right up there. He, he's a fan favourite. I think that there's that big, the big Hendo week, Hendo appeal, and, and, and all that that goes with it. And if he carries on playing the way he's playing, you expect him to be a tour card holder again next year. Whether that be through the Challenge Tour or going back to Q School or, or what other route he can muster up. Yeah, I agree. One thing off the Euro Tour as well, not about the action, but Stephen Bunting got a late call-up. Jim Williams withdrew by, by the look of it. Um, are we a little bit concerned where Jim is at the moment? Because he turned down the Euro Tour a couple of weeks ago when he was a reserve. Look, we know he's got an, we know he's got his business that 
is his priority. But when you're as high as Jim Williams is in some of these rankings and, and things like this, that there's a decision that has to be made, isn't there? Uh, sooner or later, that you can't, in my opinion, you can't be a top 32 player and work full-time the way he does. It's just impossible. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think what he, what he does is he applies pressure than when he does play, or even more pressure as a player, because especially then how the um, tall-tired system works and with the rantings, it looks as in, in like two years' time, it's that the money that isn't there, and it's just... It puts in, it puts unnecessary pressure. I'm not saying someone dropping out, someone turning down as a reserve. If you're working, I can understand a bit more. Someone who's then qualified and then turns it down, that's the strange one for me. I wasn't surprised to see him as a reserve and then turned down. If Lloyd says he has to prioritise worth, but when you've already qualified, you know you've qualified what a month in advance at least. Yeah. So it's then strange. I find it a strange decision that you'd pull out unless there's a emergency of some sort um, that means you can't play. But we're putting we're putting that to the evidence of worth of this as we've seen it before. He's only two grand off the match play, and he didn't play. We know where big that can be for someone's season. Huge. I guess this um, is where you rely on a team around you. Yeah. Management, family, friends, etc. Just to, in these little key, they, they seem insignificant. A, a, a Euro tour in Austria, in the grand scheme of your season, doesn't seem that big. But when you put it into the context of chasing TV major appearances, it's potentially huge. Yeah. Oh, completely. Absolutely massive. Um also, a very cryptic message from Corey Cabby on social media last week. Was it? Have you not seen it? No. Where is it? I live on social. I haven't seen anything. Well, unless, unless I saw it quickly and it was deleted. Right. So, the 19th, which was five days ago, we got, guess who's back? Back again. Tell a friend. King is back with the hand over the mouth emoji. That's exactly the same way he announced his return the last time. Correct. Hang on. He's back. Which one is he? I've, there's five on Facebook. <laughs> Corey Cabby Wall. <coughs> All right. <laughs> I can't see it. He's back. He's back. That would suggest to me that I don't I don't know this either, by the way, but that would suggest to me that he may have been granted a visa. Hopefully means Christian Perez has too. I don't think they're on a joint application, but <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Well no, but they're both chasing it at a similar time, aren't they? So you expect that would have gone in at a similar time they would have had a similar amount of backing from the PDC to acknowledge them as professional players yeah and that you'd expect turnaround time to be quite similar I'll probably, 
I told her that I made now that that's a joint application, even though it's still. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna walk into the wig and holding hands, going, "Yoo-hoo, we're here." <laughs> uh, how we doing, Will? Hope you are good, buddy. Um, but yeah, look, that that would suggest to me that potentially we may see Corey Cadby at the next set of pro tours. Good. Time will tell. Um, we do have a Premier League this week, boys. We are going to, as, as John McDonald would say, the amazing city of Leeds. <laughs> amazing city of Leeds in the same sentence. <laughs> that long. Um, so there we have it. Uh, Chris Doby plays Michael Smith. Michael Van Gogh and Peter Wright. Gary <coughs> Clayton and Nathan Aspinall against Dimitri Vandenberg. You know the drill by now. I'm just gonna not gonna hang around on this. Winners, please. Chat room, get involved. Uh, first up, Price Aspinall. Who? Who? I'm looking at the wrong. One. I'm looking at Sheffield. My bad. Um, Smith Doby. Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> I had the wrong I had the wrong wiki page up. I'm was looking at Sheffield. Um Michael deciding votes, Philip. Christopher. Stop agreeing with me, edgy hipster. <laughs> Green Machine. Snake bite. Green machine. Mean machine. Green machine. Back, back right. Um, ferret against the Iceman. Iceman. Play that two. Make it three. Back. Back, Clayton. Um, and then Nathan Aspinall against Dimitri Vandenberg. Dimitri. Dimmy. From there, I would like your finalists and your winner, gentlemen. Um, Price loses to Chris Doby. What? <laughs> in other words, he's going Chris Doby to beat Gary Price in the final. I thought that's what yeah. he said. I just wasn't sure. Yes. I was as confused with that as I was when the intro talk early on in the show. Um, <laughs> pew, pew. Fire some more shots. This is funny. This is, as Brad is a Leeds fan, this is very funny. Because <laughs> 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 their cricket team are in Div 2 as well. <laughs> Um, Dimi beats MVG in the final. Are you drunk? 
Have you been on the Malibu? shit for saying Chris Dobie, who's playing well and has already won a night, wins a night, and he's just said, Dimmy, a man who has beaten Michael Van Gogh in once in 14 meetings, has played Wait. crap for 13 weeks, beats Van Gogh in the final. So he's beaten him, yeah? Josh Roth never beaten him. Whitewashed him. Anything can happen. What happened to you in that hospital last week? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you defended me last week. I listened to the show still back last week. You defended me and said Mr. Bars was incorrect by sharing that information because it was my birthday. Yeah, but now I'm not so sure, mate. What are you chatting? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been on the Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> It's just water, I promise. Just water. I'm not convinced. That's either a neat vodka or a neat Malibu, one or the other. I swear to God. He's on a Dimmy special. That's what yeah. that is. Yeah. Dimmy wins on Thursday. Next Monday's going to be so much fun. Wow. Um, I am going. <sighs> Gerwin Price beats Michael Van Gerwin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep rolling, rolling, rolling with it. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Um, question time. Whilst of what, what else have we missed in a week in darts? Um, Mike Gillett picked up week eleven of the Super Series. Um, bit Cam Crabtree in the final. But also a massive shout out to Shoy Mack. I know he listens or listens back. Great to see him back playing. And considering that's the first time he's played competitively since Q School, a lot to like. Solid. Solid as a rock. Um, that wasn't Limbiscuit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Robert, we, we, uh, we did that one last week, but yeah, still. Still very sad. Um, oh, yeah. Edgar, t- I was going to say that before Jamie got there. Icelandic winner, Matthew Edgar. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Matt. Back in the winner's circle, winning in Iceland. And you'll see him on the Super Series this week, Thursday and Friday. Interesting timing. For a player that played through injury and said that he'd won it, but was happy it was going straight back on the treatment table, to then be back in action four days later is a, is a sh- short turnaround. Well, I, well, I, I don't, I don't think he's pulled out, but obviously he'd said that before. He'd already yeah. committed to playing before Iceland, so yeah, 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 I presume so. So right, get your questions, in, everyone. Have we missed anything else in a week of darts? No. Probably, but not that I remember. Oh, it was a JDC thingy this weekend. Advanced tour. It was. I didn't see any of it, but it would be on Dark Connect. I read an article that said Luke, Le- Luke Little beat everyone. <laughs> <laughs> was that this weekend or any previous weekend before? Yeah, that? Just in life. Just in life. Um... Is so JDC not on Dark Connect anymore? Yeah, it should be. I'll be under you. I'm looking under PDC. Yeah, they're under JDC. 
and it was Tri-Nations this weekend, up the English. On St George's Day, we won the lot. Ha! We did. Huge shout out to Reese Tolly, who made his uh, England debut as well. From my neck of the woods. Go on, Reesey boy. Right, so here we go. The JDC <laughs> advanced tour. Luke won three and lost in the final the other. He averaged 93 and a 6-1 win in tournament number one. In tournament number two, he won 6-2 with an 88 average. How good is he going to be on tour next year? In event three, he lost in the final with an 88. And then in event number eight, he won 6-1 with a 90, nearly 94. That's a couple of points under. Steady. When you take into consideration he is only 16, it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, right, so do we think Ricardo Petrescu can make the match play? Uh, yes, I do. He's only under two grand off of it at the moment. 175 off of can he make it? The way he's playing, for me... Absolutely. Um, What's the cutoff we're saying for the match play? About forty. Yeah, between forty and forty-five. So only top five confirmed. Obviously, there's a lot in there that you'd expect to get that extra. No, I I think. Doby upwards are safe because I think they'll pick up enough. Yeah, the the extra five grand, yeah. whatever it is, between now and the calf would be. <laughs> yeah, I think you you're probably right. Right, I'm just looking at it as a guarantee the top five are. Concrete in the match play. No one is safe. <laughs> Stupid. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Are they dark green yet? No, but Josh Rock is safe. No one's. Is he dark made... green? Yeah, but Bo Greaves isn't dark green on the women's one, but she's safe. Yeah, I got burned to pick me up. Sort that out. <laughs> so your argument doesn't add up. Yeah, Michael Smith isn't on the the main order of merit as well, but I've got a feeling he's safe. Um, he's only nine hundred k in front. Only. Well, he needs to sort his ideas out then, doesn't he? <laughs> um, German Price was in Alley. He had a tour of Scotland, four events. And his Scotland shirt look flipping amazing. Poor bloke. 
He's learned to play the game, isn't he? Um, is Lewis still going to be a target launch? I had no idea. Um, I don't know if Gezi's got a lead shirt or not. Some toilet roll. Um, <laughs> we, we spoke about this earlier, mate. I'm not retiring he's, at the moment. He's just having an extended break from the professional game. Will William O'Connor make the match play? I don't think he will. I think there are players in and around him that at the moment are playing better. He can. Jim Williams didn't go. Ian White's looking steady. Mm, he calls a bit far back. Petresco's looking really good. Yeah. Whitlock's catchable, though. Oh, he, he can make it, but I just think there are other players playing better than him right now. <laughs> Look at the him. second word is off. <laughs> He's not in dark green. He's not in dark green. Who <laughs> invited these two? Stop, stop. Don't be bad. Be better, man. Don't be using my line against me. <laughs> no. No. Especially not if you're going to butcher it. <laughs> Do you know how long that took me? That's my catchphrase, man. Oh, you're raging. Um, Stupid. But, no, look. it's We're just sort of like getting towards that that busy time that the Premier League is almost done. And Thanks, then it, look. I mean, I, think... I love the Premier League. Oh, no, what a shame. Oh, no. Where will we go? <laughs> well, Thursday night fallout bars and I would just speak about it at the start and end of every Monday. I'll tell you what, though. You know, as soon as that Premier League's done, all the questions are going to be on the format for next year. Good. And Maybe who's in? Nine months to make a difference. Jack, is Andrew Dildon in the Premier League next year? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more chance. To be fair, if I walk on and do, if I steal Chris Doby's walk on and do the actual let's get ready to rumble dance, I've got more chance. I think your chances reduce if you do that dance. You ain't seen me dance, but is it this weekend during Liverpool? No, it was Saturday night and it got cancelled. Oh, did it? Yeah, what did he get cancelled for? Stupid student. Well, the event didn't get cancelled. I got cancelled. <laughs> really? Union rules. Yeah, they weren't allowed non-students in the building. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, fair enough. I was going to say because if it was this weekend, we'd say we'd get, get you to do the dance on stage. Then I nailed it. <laughs> no. Uh, also, darts related, but uh, massive shout out to Abby, one of the PDC dancers who unfortunately ruptured her Achilles. Um, won't be seeing her hopefully until the worlds, but hope she gets better soon. Do they need a replacement? Is that why you said it? <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, lads, I'm not here for the next five weeks. I'm touring Leeds, <laughs> Manchester. <laughs> 
I just got comparisons. Of on you. I've just got I've just got pictures of that Sam Smith you <laughs> next to him <laughs> saying, who, saying who did it better. <laughs> I did give myself Nottingham Stag do vibes though, because obviously we've got Hooter, so you see his blokes walking around in the Hooters outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, absolutely. Look, look what the Premier League's done to God. Having a midlife crisis in his twenties. <laughs> He's not in his twenties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gob's been absolutely ruined tonight, isn't he? I'm 28, you cheeky bastard. You really? Yeah. Phil's older than Andy Lewis. But I've got a better skincare routine. Yeah, but you're, wearing, you're wearing a uh, tap backwards to hide your hairline, so. Not hairline, just lack of styling because I need a trim. Gob's not available in a few weeks. He's going to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> not on my wages. We need more sponsors. <laughs> Go get his hair done. And teeth. teeth first. Turkey teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, it's been an absolute pleasure tonight's live round having the boys on from the CDC. Lots of good chat. It's been it's been a good laugh, boys, tonight. Speak for yourself. <laughs> all done, uh, all done. Uh, all good uh, Fallout Bar returns on Thursday with all the reaction from what could happen in Leeds I heard it's Leeds turn because they're not in Europe anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes that's both of you <laughs> stick your treble up your ass. We've got the we've got the team who've got an interim of an interim in a Champions League um, sort of playoff type game. We'll talk about it one year, Dob, when you're back in it. Still chances this year, mate. We're rolling. Not a chance. You're crap. Not a chance. And Spurs are, Spurs are. Oh, we, we are shit. I'm not even hiding that fact. Um, everyone, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I say, Fallout Bar returns. If you haven't yet, make sure you drop us a like and subscribe. Plenty coming up. We're going to start our match play planning soon. Not far away, boys. Christ. Two months. About it. It's not, is it? True. Oh, um, tickets for the seniors World Championship go on sale next week, 10 a.m. They do. Well, this is the last, well, if I'm not on Thursday, this will be the last chance I get speech So, yeah, 10 a.m. next Thursday, uh, next Monday. Um, and I'm not on next Monday. Well, hey. Gob's going to Turkey. <laughs> I'll take that. It's better than an hospital bed. <laughs> Depends what we tell everyone you're going to Turkey for. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much you spend there, making this look any better. Right, just, just say goodbye now. Oh, everyone, as, as Gob's being bullied on the show, he wants to go and report it to HR. Um, we have been online darts, Phil Bars, Jack Harwood, Lee Boyce. Absolute pleasure, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Minus Gob, he's on the plane to Turkey.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.